0: The following program, Mind, Body, Health, and Politics, is brought to you by our Mind, Body, Health, and Politics team, which brings you these internet broadcasts every week, as well as an occasional lecture and a series of books. The first book we produced was called Psychedelic Medicine. Our second book, which just came out this week, which I'll put on the screen, is called Psychedelic Wisdom. Psychedelic Wisdom contains 1,500 years of stories of tribal elders who are outing themselves and talking about their decades of sub-rosa self-experimentation with psychedelics. You going to have a look at this book and check out our website, Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. Look at our archives and possibly subscribe and become a member of the Mind, Body, Health, and Politics community. And now, welcome to Mind, Body, Health, and Politics. I'm your host, Dr. Richard Lewis Miller. The mission of Mind, Body, Health, and Politics is to enhance your physical and psychological well-being and encourage community. And what I mean when I say encourage community is that I believe that human beings are friendly, tribal animals who like to hang out together, associate together. And when we know one another by face or possibly by name, we are collaborative and cooperative. However, we must also be mindful that a very small percentage of we humans are predatory, avaricious, greedy, and dangerous animals. And we must always be aware and on guard to protect our democracy and our republic from these dangerous predators. In the words of Thomas Jefferson, eternal vigilance is the price of liberty. Today, we have with us Sandy Turner, who's going to be talking about a very important movement that's going on on our planet called transition towns. Welcome to Mind, Body, Health, and Politics, Sandy. Yeah, thank you, Richard. So by way of background, transition towns started about 15 years ago in Ireland. Is that correct? In in England. In England. Yes. Tell us tell us about the formation, what it's about, the early history of transition towns.
1: Okay. Um Interestingly, I don't know how many of the listeners are from Northern California, but some people know of Wellits, California, and right around um, probably two thousand and four or so, two thousand three, two thousand and four. In Wellits, there was a presentation by a fella up in um, in Portland, Oregon, and he was part of a group called um, City Repair. He's a, a guy named Mark Lakeman. And I went to this presentation he did at the Welles Community Building um, in maybe 2003. And it was really inspiring with the creative, you know, community building things that were happening in Portland. And within a year or so of that, a group called Welles Economic Localization started. And this is Mendocino County. This is north of Santa Rosa, north of San Francisco, a couple of hours. Um, And that group was really instrumental in the formation of transition towns. Rob Hopkin, who's uh, one of the founders, one of the main founders. He's a permaculturalist in England, and he's one of the founders. And he heard about, well, it's economic localization in, you know, in California, and he was kind of inspired from what they had going on. And so that started, like I say, around 2005, 2006, in a small town in England called Totnes, England, where he lived. And he and some of his permaculture friends um, started this organization to build community and do some really creative, imaginative, playful, celebratory things in that community. And it caught on quite well in other towns in England and eventually within a few years um, in the United States and other, other countries in the world. And that's kind of where things are now. Now there are probably... I think 50 countries in the world have transition towns. There are maybe a thousand groups in various, you know, towns and cities and communities around the world. Um, that's where things stand. And, um, in terms of kind of, you know, we use the term transition. Let me look at one of my notes here because I'm kind of a paper oriented person, but, um, in, th- in terms of transitioning, you know, transition is a, really very popular word in a lot of different contexts the last few years. I hear it all the time. But in terms of transition talents, it's, it's transitioning away from extractive, individualistic, private property, huge corporations, extreme inequality, and, and transitioning towards cooperation, the celebration of the commons and the use of the commons, regenerative systems. Worker-owned democratic workplaces, and towards social and environmental justice, towards community, creativity, celebration, imagination, and fun and play, and being a friendly neighbor. You know, so it's it's all those things and more, and uh, that's what attracts me to transition town movement.
0: Are there transition towns here in California, Sandy?
1: There are several. I, I was talking to one of the organizations here in the United States is transitionus.org, and the organizing thing, kind of worldwide, is still in England and it's called Transition Network. But I was talking to uh, Jess Barford. She's the executive director of Transition US. It's it's based in uh, in Sebastopol, down just um, about an hour north of San Francisco, and um, she's the executive director there. And I was talking to her. A week or two ago, and the number of the number of um, transition towns in the U.S. has gone down in the last few years, and I think a lot of it has to do with COVID. A lot of things have been disrupted with COVID nineteen, um, but anyway, there used to be over two hundred, and now it's down in the United States of, of active, you know, transition communities, probably more like sixty or seventy. So it's still it's still active and I still I still think it's a good model and it's not a very restrictive model it's not like you have to pledge allegiance to the transition town you know <laughs> corporation or anything it's just use some of the ideas and uh and see where it goes and every community does things a little differently well how does it
0: literally take place i mean you mentioned for example uh the town of the city of willets or yes. we could use the little city that I live in here on the coast called Fort Bragg, California. Right. G- give us the, the nuts and bolts. How, if, if Fort Bragg wanted to become a transition town, what would it literally do? Give us the nuts and bolts of what it would do okay. on, a, on a week in and week out basis.
1: Okay. Well, in terms of, you know, I too, my wife and I moved to um, Fort Bragg about a, about a year ago. Oh, and so we're prior, neighbors. We are neighbors. So prior to that, we had lived in, in Redwood Valley over in the inland part of the county near Ukiah. And back around 2010, 2011, um, several of my friends, um, there were probably seven or eight of us, and we formed a transit, we called it Transition Ukiah Valley. Ukiah is the county seat of Mendocino County. Again, that's it's about two hours north of San Francisco. And... Um, we did lots of different things and we did, we interacted with other groups. There was a group called Mendo, um, Mendo free school. And uh, we did things like skill shares, um, people learning different skills. Maybe we do that in a park. Um, We put on movies and potlucks and guest speakers and community bike rides and a variety of different things. Um, And that only lasted maybe three years for a variety of reasons, kind of the steering committee, I and the six or seven other people, we just got busy with a variety of things. One person sold his business, moved away. Another person, her uh, her husband died and she moved back to her hometown in Michigan. A variety of things. that it just kind of disbanded. I can read um, something from Transition here on the Mendocino Coast. We're calling it, you know, it's almost like, you know, version 2.0. There are a number of people who have been working to get a more local, sustainable, and resilient group of people together on the Mendocino coast for some time now. Maggie Watson Maggie Watson, and a few others were active in the 2000s, and Charles Cresson Wood, that's the person I've been talking to, and Charles Cresson Wood and a few others were active in the 2010s. Charles shared with me some of the 60 events that were organized, including those which addressed the rights of nature. nature legal sovereignty, banning fracking, using biochar as a local and sustainable soil amendment, and creating an eco-village. Perhaps the apex of their work was a three-day workshop featuring legal activist Paul Sinfuegos, which explored how the local community could unhook itself from the legal restrictions that it now finds itself bound by. Charles moved to Washington State to start an animal sanctuary and spiritual community farm with his girlfriend Peggy, and now we are continuing the work. He has since become an attorney and is pursuing the legal angle to social change. So Charles and I have communicated on the phone and in emails uh, several times in the last year, and he's been very helpful um, in trying to, you know, rekindle things here in uh, in the coast of Mendocino County, and so. How do we do it? Well, I, I'd say a, a big part of, um, of transition town and the, and the effort that we're making right now is creativity and using imagination and you know trying to trying to come up with activities and uh, things that people want to come to. And that, that could be one of our most successful things at you know about 40 people. you probably know you, um, Richard, but others probably don't know, the Larry Spring Museum. On Redwood Avenue in Fort Bragg, and there's kind of a little side yard called the Spring Commons. Anyway, we had a we had a games night there back in the summer when it didn't get dark till eight thirty or so, and it was really you know there are about forty people there. It was really fun. And one of the important things to me is that young people are involved. So there were there weren't all that many people with gray hair like you and I, but there are lots of people who were twenty or thirty or forty or in their fifties and lots of kids there. So. You know, one of my big um, pushes is to try to come up with activities that young people are interested in. And not just just kids, but, you know, young adults, people in their 20s, 30s and 40s, because they're going to be living through this century for quite a few decades. And um, it's really important. You know, I've said to many people, you know, the young people are the ones who have skin in the game. And we old folks, um, you know, we, we could die. Next week, and nobody's going to say, "Oh, poor baby, he dies so young." I digress a little bit.
0: I appreciate aggression. I do it myself quite a bit. I, I'm still trying to grasp the the concept. I think I understand some of the details, but I don't quite know if I grasp the entire concept yet. It's is it sounds like it's more of a, a grassroots movement than an attempt to change, say, the city government. Into becoming
1: a transition town. Is that correct? I would say definitely yes. Um, And and related to the grassroots, I mean, you know, you're familiar even longer than I have because you've been on the coast for a while. Um, The grassroots institute, which is a really marvelous organization here on the coast, largely on the coast, although it's done things in other parts of the county, too. And they have a lot of working groups. I'm, I'm part of that. I, I'm particularly interested in the climate crisis working group that's part of the Grassroots Institute. They're headquartered in Casper, right just south of uh, Fort Bragg, California. But a big part of transition towns in general, and def- definitely what we're trying to do here on the coast now, is interacting with other groups. We're not trying to compete Um we want to, you know, collaborate and cooperate with other, other organizations that are doing marvelous things, you know, and obviously I have a lot to learn because I've only lived on the coast for, for a year. I knew a few people before moving here, but you know, most of my friends and connections were over in the Ukiah Valley for the last 30 years or so. But anyway, one of the, one of the things we did, and it touches on the thing about, um, local government is we came up with a, kind of a list of possible activities, projects, subgroups that we could have within our transition Mindo Coast group. And people could, you know, kind of look at this little survey, it has like 20 different things. And they could write in, you know, several options for other things that interest them if if what really interests them is not on this, or, you know, they have some additional ones to add. And I can read several of the ones, there's about 25 of them we listed. And I'll read about 10 or so that interested me. And one of them, and it definitely interests me, is local government interface. So interacting with um with the city council, for example, or for the county board of supervisors, and interacting and getting to know those people and and encouraging them to come to some of our, you know, activities and, and so on, and seeing how we can, you know, work together and and change things for the better but some of some of the other groups that, some of the other potential subgroups that were in the process of creating so we've got food production these are ones that particularly interest me food production distribution repair groups like bikes and other stuff water conservation and storage energy conservation and renewable energy and certainly emergency preparedness and cert training um, community bike rides Um, Heart and soul group, mindful movement movement and meditation, tool and equipment sharing, and neighborhood groups of five to ten households sharing items and tasks, uh, drum circles and rituals, game days. Anyway, those are are some of the things that interest me, and there's like eight or ten others that we had on the list. And so people are filling those out lately. How do people, let's just use uh, Fort Bragg,
0: California as a model example. How do people find out about your existence so that they if
1: they wanna participate? Well, of course, um we have a Facebook page and being an old guy and I was pretty resistant to Facebook for a long time, but we have started a Facebook page. So Are you an old are you
0: are you an old guy?
1: You look like a young guy. I'm definitely an old guy. Plenty of gray hair and and, uh, less hair than I used to have. Oh but um they could send us an email. Uh, send us an email. Our, tra- our email address is transitionmendo coast at gmail got, at gmail.com. Say, so it again, it. Say it again, please. Sure. Say it again, Sandy, please. Sure, transitionmendo coast
0: at gmail.com. Is that a, a way to uh, a, a communicate with you by Gmail? What What is the name of your website?
1: We don't have a website yet. We're pretty new. We've been around only about ten months,
0: so okay. we
1: probably will create a you know web presence soon, but we don't have one right now.
0: Okay. Yes, you need a website so we can refer people to it.
1: That's not my skill set to create that, so we need other people who are interested in, in putting that together. We need to get you some exposure. You need a lot
0: more exposure so the the people in the yes. community know that you exist.
1: Yeah. One of the things we did, um, recently, it was back four or five months ago in the summer is, uh, some people are familiar. If they're in, in Mendocino County, they know of the Jackson Demonstration State Forest and there's a group called Trail Stewards and they're working with the Pomo. One of the, the little badge on my thing, it says Pomo Land Back. And uh, anyway, they put on a forest fest at the Casper Community Center. That's where, that's where the, uh, the Grassroots Institute, you know, headquarters, I think, in, in Casper. Yeah. Anyway, with Jim, Jim and Judy Tarbell. Correct. And um, so anyway, this Forest Fest, uh, a lot of different groups had um, an information table or a booth or something. And we did, too. We had a, a guessing game on on how many acorns were in a gallon jar at our table for kids. And we uh, gave out a lot of information. We gave, gave away a few books. And um, anyway, so that got some exposure. We put things on the MCN, which is the Mendocino Coast Network uh, interse- Internet Service Provider um, Listserv. We put there's a Mendocino, Co- uh, excuse me, a Mendocino Community Bulletin Board online, and then just lots of posters around town and such. So, and are, are you doing events? Uh, we've we've done a number of events. I mentioned that um, that games night that we had. Yes. We had yes. A, We had a a kind of a picnic and a and a paddling up uh, Big River at Big River State Beach, which is right by the town of Mendocino, California, on the coast. And uh, that was in the summer. I so a lot of us went kayaking. My my wife and I have a couple of kayaks. And what else have we done that's been fun? We another project we did is uh, we're we're definitely a lot of us are definitely into um, emergency preparedness. And one of the ways that that shows up here on the Mendocino Coast is with a group called Hubs and Routes, and they're into creating hubs that if there's a so like a fire or a tsunami that knocks out bridges and people are kind of stranded, can't get from across one body of water to the next one, you know, to get food or medical care, whatever. They're creating a lot of hubs, um, and one of the hubs that they help start is at a community church here in Fort Bragg and uh, some AmeriCorps volunteers helped plant some fruit trees there, oh, eight or 10 fruit trees about a year ago, last fall. And then our group helped plant some more at that same, again, this is a hub at this community church in uh, in Fort Bragg. So we planted five more fruit trees. So that was another activity we've done. Um, you know, we've had a few picnics and uh, what else have we done? Can't think of a whole lot else right off the Sandy, definitely would, on Zoom.
0: would transition towns be interested in in uh planning for what to do if the food chain suddenly broke down for a while and food supplies were not delivered to local supermarkets
1: yeah definitely I mean that like I say that was one of the that's one of the things on our little checkoff list of about 20 different activities or, or subgroups is a, a group on Food production and distribution, and, and um, you know, I'm part. My wife and I volunteer at a local farm here called Meadow Farm, and, and which is grows a lot of food and gives a lot of it away to the food bank and such. And uh, you know, coordinating. Obviously, there, as you know, um, there there's a um, a farmers market in in Fort Bragg, and there's in a few other communities here on the coast and throughout California. Tons of farmers markets. So there are a lot of people who are looking at emergency preparedness and certainly having more local food grown is really key. Um if there is an emergency in the winter, it's not a whole lot of food to harvest. So that's the downside there, but a lot of foods can be stored. So at any anyway, rate that you know there are definitely there's there are definitely groups that are working on that and like I say hubs and hubs and routes is one of those organizations that's looking at emergency preparedness. So at the core of transition towns,
0: it sounds like building community, connecting people with each other in order to sustain themselves as a community. That sounds like
1: it's very foundational. Is that correct? I agree. It's, I mean, it's it's so important. And a big part, you know, I've been saying for a while now is that I don't really care if a person never comes to a transition Mendo Coast meeting, but I hope that they'll come to some of the activities that interest them and have fun. You know, I think that the best way to, to create, you know, resilience and and uh, um, community preparedness for, you know, disaster preparedness and such is through knowing your neighbors. And a great way to get to know your neighbors is by having fun with them, playing a game or doing some sports or having a picnic or whatever, you know, not just going to a meeting or watching some documentary film, although films can be fun too. We're going to put on a film in January called happy. And it's a pretty amazing film. There are a lot of little scenarios within that film. It's a basically a documentary, but it's a pretty fun film, but it's not all just, you know, fun and laughter. It's, it's some serious things, but learning about happiness you know, and how people express it throughout the world. The thing I'm having the most difficulty
0: with is how to find out that you exist. For example, you've been in existence in the on the coast now for ten months. I've been living here for quite a while, decades. I only found out about your existence maybe what, a couple of weeks or a month ago. I, I had no idea you even existed. So yeah. if I don't I, I'm I'm concerned because it sounds like you're a wonderful organization with with a tremendous amount of potential for the community. If we
1: if people were to know about you, I agree. We could definitely, you know, having a website would be better. Having someone else who's a little more adept um, taking over kind of the publicity and and the tech the tech end of end of things in terms of like creating a website and having yeah. a more a, a better Facebook page and so on. Do you have regularly scheduled meetings? We don't. Um, and that's that would be an improvement to have things scheduled more more regularly. As as I again I've I've said to a lot of people, if you think that starting an organization, a community organization during COVID is difficult, you're right. It's really difficult. So COVID has really taken its toll. Um, you know, obviously COVID I hope and I think it's winding down quite a bit now, and we'll hope that, that that's Remains the case this winter, but we'll do some things, you know, on Zoom and, and we're a little still a little leery of, of indoor things because we certainly don't want anybody coming to our, any of our activities and getting COVID or spreading. I want to
0: encourage I want to encourage you, Sandy, if I may be so bold as to start a monthly meeting at minimum on Zoom, because yeah. one of the one of the things that the pandemic did bring us is Zoom meetings. As we all know, Hi, yeah. and I'm also a member of the Grassroots Institute, as are you, and all the me- the meetings are on Zoom, and right. it, you know it works quite effectively and spares people from traveling. Although you miss the human interaction of in person, which is important, and unfortunate that we miss that. But yeah. in terms of bringing an organization together, it's a very effective tactic, and so. I would hope that you would start some kind of regular meeting because, see, I leave this interview and I start talking to friends about Transition Town. And then they say to me, well, how could I attend a meeting and I have no way, I don't have anything to say to them? Or, you know, how do I find out more on a website? I don't have anything to say to them. So those are some foundational things I guess need to be attended to in order to give this thing the
1: next push, right? I agree. Yeah. You're, you're, Points are well taken. Yeah, and yeah, some consistency and and probably a, a something on Zoom monthly, and obviously as time allows and as the COVID pandemic you know quiets down, um, doing things regularly in person too. Sandy, let's get back. Let's make believe
0: right now the interview just ended, even though it hasn't. Okay, and we go off air. And then you're sitting at your desk and you're thinking, oh gosh, I wish I would have said X, Y, and Z. So what I'd like to do now is take a pause and give you an opportunity to think about what else you would like to say about transition towns that you may have missed so far. This is your chance to fill in the
1: gaps. I'd like to... I'd like to mention that you know I use the term that that Rob Hopkins. Um, in fact, I can show his book. It's, this is a really valuable book that we've been giving away from "What Is" to "What If," and at the bottom, the subtitle is "Unleashing the Power of Imagination to Create the Future We Want." That's the bottom part. Okay. So again, Rob, Rob, Rob Hopkins, Hopkins. He's one of the from "What Is" list. to "What If." Yeah, so he's one of the founders of the transition movement. And um, like I said, we've been giving away copies of that book. And it's got a lot of creative ideas. He, I, um, let me just look at the, uh, the table of contents. Every chapter starts with a what if. What if this? What if that? I'll just read three or four of them. First, first chapter, what if we took play seriously? He really thinks, and a lot of people around the world think kids don't play enough and adults don't play enough. We don't use our creativity, our imaginations and imaginative play, not just playing, you know, Scrabble or checkers, but stuff that you just make up with other kids in the neighborhood. Um, you know, when I was a kid, we thought that we invented skateboards. This was around 1960. And I don't think we really did, but we created our version of them. Um, what if we considered imagination vital to our health? What if we followed nature's lead? What if we became better storytellers? What if we nurtured young imaginations? And then the very last...
0: Chapter- A little slower. I want to digest, Sandy, because I'm okay. thinking okay. about... Look, I'm going back to your first one. Okay. What if we played more? And I'm thinking to myself, I don't play enough. Yeah. I work plenty, but I don't play enough. I don't yeah. do what you'd call play. I totally agree with that. huh And and then when you when you mentioned imagination, all of a sudden I pictured myself sitting around with a group of friends and we just make up things and share the share whatever we make up with each other. Yeah. Just imagination exercises. I've never done anything like that. I think it's a terrific idea.
1: Yeah. So in transition talents that are pretty active, especially like in in Totnes, they've come up with all sorts of things that are really fun. One of the things that a lot of transition towns do is they'll have block parties or they'll just close off a street for a day or for a few hours. And from what I understand in Bristol, one of the, it's a pretty big city in England, they have 60 different sites where they close off streets, you know, maybe twice a month. And kids and everybody just goes out and plays and they, you know, draw things in chalk and play jump rope and pogo sticks or riding bikes and skateboards and doing whatever. And adults join in to that to some degree, you know, but obviously kids are a little more playful generally than, than adults, but play is Uh, essential.
0: And that's an idea. That's an idea that I can sort of grasp. I can imagine closing streets in Fort Bragg, and just telling everybody on the block to come on out for the uh, on a Saturday afternoon, we're closing the street down and let's just all hang out together.
1: Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I was part of ar- around the same time. Um, I was part of Transition Ukiah Valley over in, in Ukiah, inland. Um, I was also on the board, and, and for a year or two, I was the president of the, the Administrative Environmental Center, and that's. Right across the street from the courthouse, it's the county seat of, of Mendocino County. And right across the street is the Mendocino Environmental Center with the uh, with a little low power radio station called KMAC. Um, and we, for a couple of a couple of years, we had a block party right there on Stanley Street, and we had all sorts of stuff going on, music, and a lot of people are um, interested or aware of aerial silks. We had these scaffolding things that were like twenty feet high and people were doing aerial silk performances and such. It was really fun and different musical groups and food and a variety of things. That was not exactly neighborhoodish, but because it was right downtown. But it was possible and it was doable and it turned out really well. We did that twice. But um, you know, there can be a lot more spontaneous and very neighborhoodish ones that happen in in uh places all over the world. Uh, Well,
0: it sounds this book by Hopkins changing what is to what if sounds like a worthwhile book for everybody to take a look at. I
1: agree. Yeah. Yeah. And well, one of the things in terms of publicity, I'm going to back up here and see if you can see this is. Anyway, so
0: you were talking about that's good. You were talking about wearing that sandwich board at the farmer's market as a way of getting publicity. And yeah. I think that's and a so great that idea. Was,
1: in particular, that was trying to get people to come to games night and it helped. You know, we had about 40 people at that, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Much, much higher turnout than any of our other activities. We'd have, you know, 15 or 20 people at, at some of the other events that we've done.
0: As I'm listening to you talk about transition towns. I'm also seeing a connection between transition towns and the blue zones. I think Definitely. there's a lot, of, uh, a lot of, pl- of play there. Yeah. Well, Sandy, we're coming, t- we're coming to the end of our time. Okay. I want to th- thank you very much for sharing this with you. I, I, wish, I wish us, not you, but us, a lot of uh, good fortune. And I, I, I really hope that this concept expands. I, I support everything that you're doing. It's, uh, it's all very near and dear to my heart and to the work, as you pointed out, of the Grassroots Institute and also of the Blue Zones. Yeah. Th- these, are all, these are all action ways of people coming together and taking control of our own lives in our community and connecting with one another in order to have vibrancy and resilience and, of course, good health. Yeah. And so I also want to thank all of you who are listening to today's broadcast of Mind, Body, Health, and Politics, to ask you to please listen in again next week, or go to our archive. All the programs are archived. We'd love you to subscribe and become part of the Mind, Body, Health, and Politics community. So until next time, this is Dr. Richard Lewis-Miller reminding you that good health is worth fighting for, and it's essential for life liberty, and the pursuit of happiness.
1: All right. Thank you, Richard.